Do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the waves crashing against a bay. But it's not just any bay. It's a Baywatch. Because this is a Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Michael Eisen. And I'm Morgan Thrapp. And uh, Morgan, this is uh, yet another guest episode, isn't it? It sure is. At least I hope it is. In the the (laughs) August of guest episode. What? The August of guest. (laughs) Okay. Overall guest. Ah, guest. (laughs) Ah, it's a guest. Ah. In fact, in fact, it's our well. Robert was our first ever guest on Baywatch Rookie School, and now he's back. And episodes are actually out, so we can prepare this time for what this show is like. Ooh. Yeah. I, I'm really excited that you're back, Robert. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Well, was the episode a pleasure, or is this experience a pleasure? Uh, I mean, this exp- I, the experience is always a pleasure. There's always, there's always an innate... Uh, I always get some, some pleasure out of a Baywatch episode, even if it's a stinker. Maybe I shouldn't say that. I feel like I was dragged a little bit on Jamie's app for saying that her, her episode was good. <laughs> so, maybe, oh, yeah. No, her episode maybe was, I'm in the, was pretty good. Maybe I'm in the shit pit on this one, uh, as far <laughs> as, like, my... Pit. Yeah, as far as, uh, saying what, what ones are, uh, decent or not, but, um... I enjoyed watching this. Always, it's always fun watching this for the in preparation for the show, and then I'll go and listen to the alternate tracks of the music. It's good stuff. I love it. I mean, awesome. I love the experience as well. Though this, we'll we'll, we'll see what we rate this episode. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in fact, this is Baywatch season two, episode twenty, the big spill, and uh, it actually has the same like writing and directing credits as our prior episode the lost treasure of tower 12 so it's written by david Mm. braff again no relation to zach and directed by cliff bull and it was aired may 4th 1992 so let's talk about you yeah uh (laughs) i don't think star wars was invented then oh shit you're right yeah 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 no it was just baywatch fever yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Baywatch actually invented Star Wars? Uh, I, I would believe it. Yeah. G- mm-hmm. George Lucas watched an episode of Baywatch and was like, this gives me an idea. <laughs> and then and then <laughs> what if it was Baywatch, but in space? Right. And then World War Two happened after that. And he was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. OK, now I'm, I'm going to have to put Space Watch on hold, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. First up, we have Jeff Lester, who plays Lane Brody. And you may remember Jeff Lester from Baywatch Season 1, Episode 20, where he played Lance Jarvis, a character Court thought was dead and really pretended to be dead so he could get a bunch of money from his ex-wife or his wife. I I thought he looked familiar. Yeah. 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 So last time he, you know, tried to play dead... Uh, and was like, I'm going to get you, court. And this time it's like, I'm going to get you, government. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but to add a Okay, credit, but I mean, more specifically, like a shitty farm, like a chemical company. Yes. But also the government. Because uh, he does mention also the, government. the government. Yes. Well, yes. A shitty government. The government. <laughs> Don't listen to this podcast, government, please. Um, but <laughs> FBI, I promise we're not doing anything. 
Well, we're doing something, but not anything <laughs> suspicious. Wink, wink. Wink? We, we would never illegally pirate. Um, anyways. Never. To add a credit I didn't add last time, Jeff Lester also played Captain Justice in the 1987 show Once a Hero. It lasted 11 episodes, but four of them went unaired. So Wow. Oh. Didn't last long. Here's the dis- We gotta find these episodes. I know, right? Yeah. We gotta legally I'm, wink wink. I mean, wink, but even wink. based on nothing, I have no idea if this is supposed to be a good show. I don't know who Captain what what Captain Justice is like, but uh, let's tell you about we need it. to investigate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the creator of comic superhero Captain Justice, Abner Bevis. Which is a name. <laughs> That's like the name of the little boy that like gets struck by lightning and becomes Captain Justice. Right, exactly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Young Abner Bevis became Captain Justice. <laughs> and people don't bully him anymore. No, they, they still now don't. he can kick sand at the speed of sound. <laughs> That's his only power. He can't do it when there's no sand around. Nope. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it would make sense for Baywatch. It would. So... Abner Bevis is in a rut, repeating old storylines, and the comics owners want to kill the strip off due to falling sales, and children are losing interest in it. So this interest transfers to the world of the comic strip, Pleasantville, where Captain Justice realizes his adventures are repeats, and the characters of the world are starting to fade. So Captain what? Justice crosses into our world, and he Holy finds shit, out, this is like Deadpool before Deadpool stuff. Right? Yeah. He finds out he's lost his superpowers, but the comics gumshoe has followed him and is looking out for him. His antics create renewed interest in the comic strip. So Bevis is then inspired to make Justice more contemporary, and the owners agree not to cancel it. That's the plot of all 11 episodes. <laughs> what what the fuck? Yeah. That's wow. Yeah, I want to watch this. Yeah, that's it sounds cool. More meta than I would have thought. I, but I, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe we'll find it later. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Next up, James Sloyan plays Mr. Drishler. I assume that's the informant slash whistleblower. I think I'm not fully sure that or maybe the the like tycoon executive dude that they can. Oh, maybe. At one point. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't tell if those were the same person or not. No, they're different no. people. The problem they were both very generic looking white men in suits. Oh, yeah. for so sure. I did have a hard time. <laughs> the the pro- the problem is is that so he played somebody else in Baywatch. So I was trying to remember who he who he was mm. based on that. You may remember him from season one, episode five, "The Sky Is Falling." where uh, two people steal money from a bank in uh, Wallula, Washington, and then their plane right. goes down. The he plane played crash Harv. one, yes. Yeah, he played Harv, oh! the Jewish-coded banker. Oh, man. Uh-huh. That was a good wow. episode. Uh-huh. Now, some things... They don't made. make them like that anymore. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's too many jokes to follow that one up with. Uh, <laughs> I could quote all the men... Um. Anyways, he's been in a lot of things like uh, Hawaiian Heat, a show where two Chicago police officers get stationed in Hawaii and they share a house with a hot pilot named Irene. And that lasted 10 episodes. Um, wow. That feels like about 12 episodes too many. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
I also regret to inform you that he was in one episode of the 103-episode 1987 show called Jake and the Fat Man. Ah, uh, um, yes. The plot is veteran district attorney Fat Man McCabe, who is overweight, <laughs> and that's why they call him sure. Fat Man, solves mm-hmm. cases with the help of his easygoing private investigator partner, Jake Styles. Uh, and that's that's a plot to that. And what's uh, his weird physical thing that we make fun of? Uh, <laughs> that he's normal, and normal people are stupid. I, I think, or or that he's uh, got typical style. Jake. Yeah, typical Jake Styles. <laughs> um, another thing he was in was he played defense attorney in a TV movie called Calendar Girl, Cop, Killer, the Bambi story. Did you catch that? No. The the what now? The Bambi Bambi Bambinek. Bambi Bambinek story. You must send this in. Are you trying to like activate activate me or something? What is Bambi Bambinek? Bambi Bambi Bambinek. Bambi I believe I believe you. I believe you. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's about a murderer. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's about a murderer? Uh, yeah. Oh, wah, wah, wee, wah. <laughs> <laughs> now, lastly, uh, so something I'm going to do as we go through the show is talk about when uh, people have their final series appearance versus final podcast mm-hmm. appearance. Because uh, we will be doing... At least three series throughout this podcast, Baywatch, Thunder in Paradise, and Baywatch Nights. So, Mm -hmm. this is the final series and podcast appearance for Monty Markham as Don Thorpe. No! Uh, Yeah, so this is, he's credited... Monty Markham of I Think You Should Leave Season 2 fame? Yes! (laughs) Wait, was he? I I couldn't believe it. My jaw dropped when he popped up. Wait. Where? What? Where? He is the Johnny Carson impersonator in I Think You Should Leave Season 2. Who what? People. What? Yeah. That's, That's Monty him? Markham. That's him. Holy shit. Holy wild. shit. That's wild. <laughs> oh my God, you're right. Holy shit. I'm, I couldn't believe I it. I didn't even pick that up. That's amazing. Y'all, it's a now. great it's a great season. Everyone should be watching it anyway. But the bonus for listeners of the podcast, Monty Markham makes an appearance. Yeah. Wow. Holy shit. Well, uh, if it wasn't for that, uh, I mean, you ruined my point, which was going to be that he's still alive because <laughs> I thought he was dead. Uh, yeah, I did, too, because he's old as dirt. Uh, he's 86. Um, wow. Well, he looks he looks great, and I'm glad he's he still around. Great. And uh, it, I love. I think he's good. I think he's good I in like these him. episodes. I, I like him as an actor. I don't like Don Thorpe, Captain Thorpe, because uh, Captain mm. Thorpe sucks, and everybody yes. in the show says he sucks because they make fun of him. But I like him as an actor because he's doing he's doing his role. Um, now. Uh, yeah, as we mentioned, he's still alive, uh, and he's got multiple projects coming out, including, including the main role in Space Samurai Oasis. Um, That's a hell of a name. Hey. Yeah. Here's the plot. Oh, by the way, I watched a trailer for it, and there's just like a picture of Monty Markham in Baywatch in a spaceship, 
and a bunch of people like staring at it. It's funny as hell. Um, within Oasis, one woman with a secret gene becomes Earth's last chance in a global fiber control of a catastrophic weapon. But she's no match for a madman. So yeah, that's that's the plot to All right. Space Samurai Oasis, which is a wacky title and it makes you want to watch it. Um, but yeah, I thought, you know, this is kind of a sad point. Uh, we've kind of just been used to Captain Thorpe this whole time. Uh, I actually tried to figure out why he left. I don't know if that he was sacked or that he didn't want to stay anymore. Does, what's his face? Does the, the guy with kind of like the, the pursed lips who's all mad at the Ben, at the green... Yeah. At the, yeah, does he stick around longer too? He does, doesn't he? Yeah. So Ben, Ugh. Ben is what a downgrade. Yeah, yeah. Ben is around in season three, and then uh, like he kind of just appears here and there, and then season four, it's like uh, randomly they go, "We need an old person." Hey, you're an old person, and then he disappears. Uh, so he's, <laughs> he's in some of season four. But I mean, he's he's a real pill in this episode in particular, but I just don't like when he once he showed up, I was like, no, you're you're horning in on Markham's stuff. Get out of here. Yeah. So to give you an idea just of like how long we've had Monty Markham around, technically, he's only been in 22 episodes of Baywatch. Wow. Yeah, it doesn't feel it feels like he's been in much more than uh, than that. But yeah, it's he's only in 22 episodes of this show, uh, which in fact is the same amount of appearances as Jill. Really? Wow. Technically. I guess she was just in much more of season one than he was. Well, because she's also in flashbacks. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he doesn't get to appear in flashbacks. They're just like, whatever. I just assume that he like at the end of this episode, they're like, have some cake, and then he chokes on the cake, and he just fucking dies. That's what I assume. <laughs> oh God, happens. Uh, Looks like great cake. I probably won't choke on it. Yeah. <laughs> it, sorry, what were you gonna say, Morgan? Oh, I was gonna say that's certainly you know one option for how to picture it. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, you know, as we go through the show, we will get a new like authority figure who will be in a lot longer than Monty Markham, um, mm-hmm. and is debatably more enjoyable um but you know we have to wait to get to season three before we find out about that wow that's exciting and you know what we can't get to season three if we don't get through this episode so morgan (laughs) you should take us in yes indeed so we start off with hobie and his new friend brenda riding bikes down by the river um and someone is down there collecting samples of the river water. And they're, Brenda and Hobie are horsing around on their bikes, and Brenda falls into the water. She, she pulls so. a Mac in me. Yes. Yeah, I've got to... Yes. I'm going to have to take, real quick, exception with horsing around. She just she just rides off into the river. No, nothing is in front. She doesn't hit yeah. something. No, She doesn't dodge anyone. It's just that That's she just true. has a weird look on her face and just careens into it. She's like, and by the way, right before hitting the water, she there's this is like a magical realism episode. She turns into a full-grown woman on, her, on a bike before hitting the water. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, that's... Well, I don't even know, man. That's that's metaphorical as fuck. Holy shit. It was a really uh, funny opening. I, I liked it. 
It oh, was no, great. It was very fun. Especially Hobie keeps on shouting, Brenda, slow down. Brenda, yeah, it's slow like, what's, down. What's going on? What is she doing right now? Like, she doesn't look like she's putting in any, any more effort or anything. And then he's like, why can't I keep up? This is so emasculating. <laughs> Brenda, if you don't slow down, you'll hit the oil spill. Everyone knows about the Venice Beach oil <laughs> Oh, you know what? Maybe they were doing like a Mario Kart thing and he, he banana peeled her or something. Oh. I think yeah. he, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, he hit a blue shell. Because he was in last place, so he's more likely to get it. Someone yeah. edit that. Someone edit the clip and make it look like that. No one's oh, going to edit that clip. That would be fantastic. Uh, if I were any good at video editing, I would consider doing it and then not end up doing it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what you're going to do anyways. Exactly. Okay. Um, but at least I'm not any good at video editing. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, she she bikes into the river, and so Hobie has to run in and save her. Uh-huh. And he pulls her out of the river after a while, and then she's like, Hobie, you aren't trying to kiss me, right? And he's like, no, I'm trying to make sure you can breathe and do CPR, because this show keeps wanting us to think that kissing and CPR are the same thing. It, the way he, I don't like the it. The way he treats it, is almost like he's like you you ain't worth my lips like he's like i just want to make sure you're okay he's like get over yourself yeah it's like i want to kiss you he's like brenda what is this (laughs) maybe hobie one would have but i'm hobie two and hobie two ain't gonna do that (laughs) brenda you're thinking of season one hobie yeah yeah that was satan spawn hobie I'm I'm like, uh, you know, nativity scene, Hobie. <laughs> oh, my God. He kind of is, you know, a little bit. I mean, he is much younger, so he's also much more pure. Yes. Yeah. He's the kind of kid who would go to church and just be like, why aren't they all praying hard enough? Um, that, you know, that oh kind of God. Kid. Oh, God. I wish yeah. the collection plate was bigger. <laughs> what do you mean I'm only t- tithing 10%? <laughs> Dad, I deserve an allowance so I can give it to the church. Good idea. Mm-hmm. I give at least 20% to make up for the sinners. You see, we're talking about religion because it's a plot point later. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. Um, Completely unrelated to anything, but I did watch the uh, 80s uh, children's horror claymation nightmare religious thing called Who Mania the other day. H-O-O Mania. Um, And oh boy, Michael, we need to watch that sometime. And Robert as well. Uh, Who Mania? Oh my God. Is that like Orton Hears a Who? No, no. It's It's Doctor uh, Who. It's... It's a precursor to Jumanji, um, oh. but with terrifying claymation skin suits and uh, very strong religious, I would say overtones, but it's not even overtones. It's just literally religious. Well, I love me some claymation, and I also love being mm-hmm. terrified. Uh, yes. Which I don't. Um, <laughs> I'm very scared of everything. Uh, so, perfect. <laughs> awesome. We will set that up. Um, but you know what it's time for now? Crocodile Rabinowitz. Because <laughs> that's basically what happens next. A little bit. We uh, we get to meet Lane, and he's back in town. 
and he's an eco-activist who sounds a hell of a lot like Paul Rudd. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and all the other lifeguards don't really like him because they don't approve of his tactics. No, no, they like him. They just don't. They all like him, and, and what's his face doesn't like that he sunk a boat with hunters. Ben doesn't yeah. like that he sunk a boat, but they're all like, "I love Lane. Lane's cool. Lane's the trick." What's his? What's the group he's with? Green Force. Green yes. Force. <laughs> yes. It's it's really weird because it's like it. I know it's supposed to be Greenpeace adjacent because it's called Green yeah. Force. But because it's 1992, Baywatch doesn't have the balls to, like, make fun of Greenpeace. But they should. (laughs) So they end up siding. They end up making fun of it and then being like, actually, they're the good guys. And I'm like, (laughs) they almost had it. There's there's so much this scene like this scene isn't necessarily long, but. But there's so much that happens in this scene that I have problems with. Uh, Yeah. Let's start from the top. First off, Lane comes into this scene and he just makes some the start of some joke and everyone's pre laughing. So it's not Uh actually funny. (laughs) Okay, so it's me, her and the dog in a sleeping bag and it's pouring rain and they're like, (laughs) it's just the funniest thing. (laughs) It's not. It's not funny. There's no punchline. Then Mitch says hi and he's like, I know him. Shawnee says hi and I know him. But we've been here since Shawnee started and we've never seen Lane. So how does she know Uh him? So that's when I realized. Different tower. Different tower. Oh, or or this is my theory that Baywatch is cast the same way that The Bachelor is and that every time a contestant gets on The Bachelor and then they leave, they meet every other contestant who has ever been on The Bachelor. (laughs) Just like in Baywatch, they meet every other lifeguard ever, which. Yeah, well, no one no one so much as retires from Baywatch so much as they get held in the secret prison under headquarters at Baywatch. Yeah. There's like a, a thing under it's like it's like us. There's like a tunnels under the yeah. beach. And when you go exactly. down there, Monty Markham just like, welcome. You're here with Walmart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Monty Markham quits to man the prison, you know. But this is actually gonna become a very important point next season. So remember this. Not the prison part, just the the weird bachelor <laughs> thing. So then, okay, um, Elaine sunk a ship to save some uh-huh. seals, and Bennett's yeah. like, "How could you sink a ship?" And Shawnee's like, "But they were they were hunters." Uh, uh-huh. And Ben's like, "I got nothing." You're right, hunters are horrible. And so Shawnee keeps. <laughs> He's like, "Ben, I don't expect you to like agree with my tactics, just the results." Yeah. Right. Yeah. And ben, Listen, he's like, and yes, I shot every hunter in the face with a gun, point blank, as the I ship was sinking. Yeah, I scalped them, and I carved the Nazi symbol into their head because yeah. I like that movie. <laughs> but I don't expect it's the results. I don't expect someone like you to get it. Yeah, <laughs> you could say that Lane is a hunter, and that really this is a hunter x hunter kind of situation. <gasps> and yes, I'm wearing their skin yes. as a jacket, but. <laughs> Morgan, you made me so happy. <laughs> I thought you would appreciate I that. I love maybe. that reference. But you know what? <laughs> Lane says he doesn't need Shawnee to defend him. He's got an attorney. And then and mm-hmm. then we get the greatest choke of all time. See, wow. Lane 
was on Newsweek magazine because of his tactics and mm-hmm. also partially because he spent 60 days in an Alaskan jail. And then Lane says oh, it was more yeah. like a maximum security igloo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> weird. Laugh with me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't understand that. Well, it's because I don't understand how Alaska works. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. No, the jails are drafty and also all made of ice. Yeah. <laughs> no, they don't have any heating. Everyone has like mm-hmm. a, they have a window and they just get snowed in and they're like, you get to live in the snow now. And that's, <laughs> it's it's less of a. Honestly. It's our Yes. I was going to say, honestly, with how hot it's been in Washington recently, living in the snow doesn't sound so bad. No, it no. doesn't. Except for <laughs> Lane's idea of a prison is less of a prison and more like a human rights violation, which prison already mm-hmm. is, but mm-hmm. um, more of one. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a shitty joke to end the scene on, or just to have it all. Um but now uh, we get a very long filler beach montage that oh doesn't boy. tie into anything. Nope. And is like two minutes long. Yeah. It is well shot and the music's good. What is but, your music uh, like, Morgan? Uh, it was just like generic elevatory, like background sitcom soft rock. Well, yeah, but it did seem to tie in more to like I think it even said like the four oh five when it showed the freeway versus like I think yes. our I think our generic music was not like syncing the same way. Oh, oh, oh okay. Oh Robert, you say that. Mm-hmm. However, however, in our version we get this is a wonderful day by it's Sean. It's a wonderful McHugh. day. It is. It's another Sean <laughs> McHugh classic. Now, um, as we mentioned last episode, I discovered that Morgan's version is another redub version. Uh, so it doesn't have the mm-hmm. actual original songs. Now, as far as I know, most of the songs in this episode were just like whatever songs they made up. However, one of the songs they use in this episode, I don't know which one it is, uh, or one of the montages, they use The Bug by Dire Straits. Uh, no shit. Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. Again, we're there's a song it. later that sounds like Tom Petty. Right. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, that one's very weird. <laughs> uh, Baywatch. And the alternate is even crazier. We'll talk about it. This the one in my version, one of the songs in my version, I am excited to talk about. <laughs> they might be the same song. We'll see. Um, Could be. But uh, yeah, this show is going to get into some weird shit with songs like they're going to start doing a lot of Cocteau Twins and Imogen Heap for some reason. Oh, Um and they, okay. they have a whole episode where it's just Beach Boys songs, which I, I appreciate. Um, and then yeah. Hanson. Um, so, okay. Huh. But anyways, Robert, uh, would you like to read here the lyrics to This Is A Wonderful Day? Yeah, I, uh, well, I already told you I don't remember the beat, but I'll I'll do my best. Oh, make up your own beat. Flying down the highway <laughs> under the sun. I'm gonna play the whole day, gonna have some fun. I got plenty of reasons to chase my dream. The girls here in California are what I mean. Really? It's a wonderful day. (laughs) (laughs) It's a wonderful day. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I'm gonna play the whole day. And uh, I'm going to chase my fun by what I mean is there's women here. And I'm like, what? 
Like, mm-hmm. what about all your dreams? <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the what the other version is on um, on like Vimeo or whatever, where I or not Vimeo, uh, whatever, Maybe. wherever I watch the uh, yeah the other Daily Motion, wherever I watch the other version. I don't remember what the it well, it wasn't memorable really. It was yeah. no. Yeah, I tried googling some of the lyrics because it wasn't awful, and I I could not find it. Yeah, they don't all have. Yeah, they're not. Last episode, I was able to like Shazam all of the songs, but this one, I wasn't able to Shazam the songs from your version, really. Mm. Um, but yeah, after this very long beach montage, uh, we get a scene where Lane is trying to recruit Mitch to help him do his industrial eco activism. Ooh, there's a um, great, uh, great line in this scene. Yeah. I don't I don't have any specific lines written down, so it's uh, it's when Lane is sitting in the truck with him and he says like he's trying to get him to help him kind of like break in and get this evidence. And he's like, I just don't trust this whistleblower. I just want you to kind of like come with me and feel it out. And he's like, I'm sorry, Lane, I got to say no. And he's like, come on, Mitch, you got to drive the line somewhere. He's like, I do. I draw it at uh, breaking the law, breaking the law. (laughs) That was a very good line, which. I, I hope applies to every episode that's come before this and that will come after this nope. and nope. that he adheres to that. So you guys can, no. you'll let me no. know, but not even in this episode. <laughs> now, right. So, so fun fact. So this scene is, is the point is Lane was, is investigating this company called Transicon Industries and he was mm-hmm. contacted about them and they're a big plastic manufacturer. Now I did some research there is, in fact, a Transicon industrial in Telford, Shropshire, England, who do industrial okay. automation. Um, they are not Transicon Industries, though. Do I do find it very <laughs> funny that there is a Transicon industrial? Uh, yeah. Because Transicon is just garbage business language. Yes. Yeah, it is a very funny, like, just what the most generic kind of like 80s movie sounding bad guy company. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The big uh big like RoboCop vibes. For yes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, OCP owns Transicon. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think uh Transicon is down with OPP? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> OCP for sure. Uh, this is where we find the first fl- well, there's multiple flaws in this episode, but the first flaw uh <laughs> which is that Lane says he needs to break into Transicon Industries, get some mm-hmm. documents, and bring them out. But he's not mm-hmm. sure about if he'll be able to make it out. Um, why not just get a little shitty camera and take pictures of the documents and then run right. out? Or why not just get the whistleblower to take pictures and get them to you? Or just have the whistleblower yeah. give you the documents because that's what a whistleblower technically usually does is to provide you information to like a journalist. So why mm-hmm. not do that? But he's like, nah, I actually got to go in there, physically steal it and then get out. And I was like, I think mm. Mitch maybe could have given him that advice, but he wasn't even willing to entertain the idea. So, right. Yeah. Right. Because Mitch yeah, is it, a bad friend. It's, it's almost <laughs> like uh, maybe Lane should have known something was up. Um, but I'm sure nothing bad is going to happen the, to Lane at any point during this episode. This also brings up the second flaw, which is that mm-hmm. part of the key point is that Lane fights against like fossil fuel emissions 
and overhunting of animals and stuff. But that's too hard for the general populace to accept. So the writers are like, stop poisoning the kids, bruh. Uh, because that's like the one like green activist thing that runs like, yeah, I don't like it when kids are poisoned. That seems that seems bad. <laughs> but like fossil fuel emissions, like, nah, fuck the ozone. Because he, <laughs> mm-hmm. he talks about we're destroying the ozone and Mitch like starts rolling his eyes at him because it's 1992 and we haven't realized <laughs> that this is actually a problem yet. But then we do get a weird PSA at the end of the episode. Yeah, we so. might. Yeah, he might reach some sort of revelation by the end. It's yeah. It won't stick with him. He's gonna be like, no. Fifteen episodes later, being like, I got this diesel truck. <laughs> Why? Well, just like how he says he will never break the law. You can tell me in the future if he ever does anything shady as far as uh, uh, not not <laughs> obeying nature's laws and uh, I'll, polluting and whatnot. I'll, I'll give you a hint. There is an episode coming up. It's soon in our future where the main plot point is the fact that there is like this giant gas guzzling Humvee that also goes in water. So like it's not like they okay. really care enough. Yeah. Damn. I mean it's cool. It's a Humvee that goes in water. Why wouldn't you ride a whole episode of Baywatch around it? Right? Or a two parter. Sound dope as hell. It's a two parter. Wow. Um wow. But yeah, um, now uh, now we get to see Hobie uh, go drink some milk, and he's just not feeling well, so he takes a look in the mirror. No, it's juice and... out of a carton because he's fucking six. Oh, <laughs> it looked like a little like milk carton to me. No, they oh, have like yeah. little like like uh, like pineapples on it, and or whatever. It just has fruit, and it's really lame. Oh, drink some coke and not... grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Pepsi or whatever. Oh. Yeah, it's not a. Uh, it's not pineapple milk. You sure? Oh yeah. Mm, pi- <laughs> mm, mm. It's, it's you know like durian milk. Mm. 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 Yum yum yum. Mm. <laughs> smells like home. If home was a gym. <laughs> um, but he doesn't get too much time to examine himself in a mirror because Mitch and Lane are here with groceries. Um, and they're going to go put them all away, and it's fun. They're all having fun. Morgan, what else are they going? Well, did you, you guys uh, have written down the, the Grand Prix? This green, yeah, they're going to go to the Grand Prix, but this line, when they Shawnee shows oh, up and yeah. then they leave the room, and Mitch says, uh, he says, we're going to go put on some sweaters. There we go. <laughs> this show yeah. is self-aware, <laughs> and it knows our kink. Yes. <laughs> I wish I ever had an excuse to say that. Just like for for me and someone else say, like, we're going to go put on some sweaters. That's so funny. <laughs> right. I'm going to I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> Robert, you and I will just have some sweaters and we'll be at an event or anything. We'll just be like, excuse me, we're going to go put on our sweaters. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, is that a reference? Something like we're like Baywatch, the big spill. Come on. <laughs> do, do you not, does everybody not know this? And then right afterwards, I'm going to ask everybody to put away our groceries. Because <laughs> that's what Mitch asked Lane to do. I, and this is the first of multiple weird requests that Mitch asks of Lane this episode. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sorry, I, I cut you off, but they're basically, yeah, they're oh, going to go to the Grand Prix, you said. Yes. Yeah. 
And after they go put on sweaters and Shawnee stops by, Mitch gets a phone call from Captain Thorpe. And it turns out there's an all hands meeting at headquarters and attendance is mandatory, but not for Shawnee. I guess only for (laughs) something. Um, (laughs) So Shawnee and Lane are going to take Hobie to the Grand Prix. And this felt to me at the time like it was setting up for Mitch to be able to go meet with the whistleblower without anyone knowing about it. But no, it's just unexplained and weird. Um, There's but another very weird part of this scene where Lane starts oh. asking Shawnee about her love life, sort of. Yeah. Yes. And, and he's like, it, he's like, you guys happy? And he's, like, she's like, yeah. And he's like, bummer. <laughs> Which is so weird yeah. because literally last episode, Shawnee questioned leaving her boyfriend for a poet who owns a metal detector. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like the the the, the bar is low. Now, in fairness, it was a very metal detector. Yes. And (laughs) and he has the power to transfer into transporting into a 1920s movie and having a dance scene. So, like, he can hypnotize her. He can find where her metal is at. Um, (laughs) She owns a trench coat. Like, I mean, what's not? I mean, really, how could you not love him? He eats sardines for breakfast instead of Wheaties. (laughs) What's not to love about this guy? Uh, On the beach. On the beach. But I love Eddie, I guess. I'm like, you don't love each other. You're horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, But luckily, we don't have to think about that for too long, because now it's time for a long go-karting montage set to real rock. Um, Oh, that's what you get? Oh, yeah, I want that. Yeah, not not our not ours. <laughs> no, really. No. What do you get? Okay, so this is crazy to me because this is the one that sounds like a Tom Petty song in the version we I think believe we watched. And here we oh. and then and then in your version and and I think the the Daily Motion one I watched it sounded like kind of like limp biscuity kind of like <laughs> yeah Ew. yeah Ew. I don't yeah have limp biscuit in Baywatch yeah. Also, no, I think that's a much better description than industrial, honestly. In quality? Well, no, <laughs> just the description is more accurate. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I mean, that that horrifies me um, that Fred Durst would ever touch this beautiful show and ruin it. Uh, right. Sure, I'll do an original song for the remaster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, somebody's got to... Uh, yeah. And in this case, it's George Crikes, who. What? He, somehow he's done a show on this show before since he showed up in my Google search, but I can't figure out where. Um, yeah. Robert, would you like to read these lyrics? Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Let's see if I can kind of. Oh, oh wait. This. To, to really picture this. Imagine mm. Hobie is racing in a go-kart. See. Yeah, with kind of like the, the shuddery kind of like speed on it. And and he's also getting lethargic while it's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you work in the city, rush hour every day, and you want to drive faster. You want to get away. Put the pedal to the floor. Feel the wind in your hair. You need a little more. Well, it's all right there. Come on. (laughs) 
come on. <laughs> I've been big, I've been small. I've had nothing, I've had it all. <laughs> Lived heaven when I hit the wall. What? I've been better, I've been worse. This got dark. <laughs> I've been blessed, I've been cursed. I cleanse heaven when I hit the wall. When I hit the wall. And then Hobie hits a pile of tires when he's not a wall, but yes, he he does hit tires. Yeah, it's a tire wall. Yeah, which (laughs) this song, just like every song in Baywatch, it's like, okay, maybe this one will be normal. Nope. I wish I did it. I wish I did it more justice. It really has like a a heartbreakers vibe and it's and it's but it's bad. It's it's such a weird choice. And then hearing the huge difference, even in the tone of the music in the other version was jarring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this, even from the lyrics, I can tell it feels very, you know, Tom Petty, that like, what is that, like 80s Americana kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I do love right after this, um, when they, when he crashes and, and they're checking in on Hobie, it's doing that mm-hmm. corny, like his vision and like, you okay? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like oh, looking yeah. right into his face oh, and like, Hobie, baby. <laughs> it's, it's really funny. This show, this episode is unintentionally funny in many places. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like in this next scene. Yeah, where we get back home and we find out that Hobie has a fever, not of 103, but of 104. Um, and it's, I mean, not good to have a fever of 104. Um, is it, though? And Mitch, Let's argue. I mean... <laughs> I I used to have fevers that high as a kid all the time because uh, I would get really bad ear infections. It's because you're hot. Uh, <laughs> it's true. Um, but I used to get really bad hallucinations as a kid all the time. Because oh, my God. Of, um, like there was one time as like an 11 year old that I remember um, waking up in the middle of the night and seeing that the entire ground was black and white piano keys and knowing, because I had just finished reading Dune, that if I walked with rhythm, uh, the sandworms would eat me. So I had to only walk on the white piano keys because those had the least rhythm. So I spent two hours wandering around our house at three o'clock in the morning, trying not to get eaten by sandworms. Um, wow. So, yeah, I'm going to say 104 fever is not good. <laughs> wow. And I thought my stories were wacky. I mean, they are, but... Yes, they definitely are. Um, but Mitch goes downstairs to get Hobie some more uh, pineapple milk, and then but, 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 just in time. But what does Mitch ask first? Uh, I don't remember. Robert, do you remember? What does he ask? Yeah. If he's feeling okay, or what do you mean? Nope, he asks a different question. He asks a question. He asks a request. Okay. He says, I don't. Lane, would you help Hope? Would you help take Hobie's clothes off? Oh. Oh, that's yeah. right. Which is a very weird to way to ask someone to help. Yeah. Yeah. Very weird. He's like, listen, it's man, you sunk awful. a boat with hunters. Can you just help me get this kid's clothes off? <laughs> like, you sunk, you, you killed a bunch, you scalped a bunch of dudes who were trying to kill seals. Can you strip my son? <laughs> it's very weird. It's like 
awkward as fuck. And I don't think listen, listen dude, I already let you take him to the, the freaking go kart course. You can't come on, commit. <laughs> yeah. Look, I've been blessed and I've been cursed, but I don't want this. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Brenda's mom calls and it turns out that Brenda also has a high fever and Lane realizes that this is because of a chemical spill because Hobie's not allergic to anything and he's got a rash. Um, so he says everyone needs to get to an ER immediately or they're all gonna die. Um, and then we go to the next morning, um, where Mitch has not gotten a chance to sleep. And so him and Shawnee are talking a little bit while Shawnee watches the beach through a giant comical sized pair of binoculars. Um, but it turns out that Hobie and Brenda did not absorb enough of the chemicals for the doctors to be able to tell what chemicals they were, which... Doesn't feel like that's how that works, but I, nothing, I'm not I'm not a chemicalologist. Nothing about so. labs in this episode of work. It's either like they didn't yeah. figure it out or give me 10 minutes and I'll get it for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, the timelines are all off because this is 1992 and science hadn't been invented. Um, <laughs> see, this, actually, when they when they write Star Wars, that's when they discover science. Mm, yes, true. It's correlated. True. Uh, it, it's like poetry. Yeah. It rhymes. Yeah, exactly. As George Lucas. Well, I mean, much much like Star Wars, Baywatch is just a series of heroes' journeys that all mirror each other. Yeah. In fact, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, something else, I don't know what that was. It's not really a lead into. I just want to talk about the next thing, which is Hobie is apparently crying out for his mom in bed. And Shawnee says, Mm -hmm. all boys want their mom when they're sick. Counterpoint, I don't want my mom when I'm sick. I don't want to be sick. I wouldn't need my mom if I weren't sick in the first place. I want God to make me not sick. So why would I call out for my mommy? Like, this is fair. This is stupid. Stop trying to, like, diagnose me, Shawnee. You ain't a doctor. (laughs) You're a fucking lifeguard who apparently goes to college, but it's never shown. It's only implied in IMDb descriptions. The lifeguarding goes towards her college credits. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You get uh, you get one point on the board when you save someone, and that's why Mitch has six degrees. There you go. <laughs> He's always like, "My save! I need that degree." <laughs> da- Daddy needs a humanities degree today. <laughs> oh my god! That's how you well, get a humanities. That's degree, a phrase. Right? Yeah. Um. Daddy needs a humanities degree. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, basically Mitch is feeling real helpless, and so, uh, Shawnee attempts to comfort him, but isn't really all that great at it. Um, but now we're later in the day, and Mitch is given out tower assignments, and he still hasn't slept, as one of the other lifeguards reminds him. Um, and then Lane shows up, and the two of them talk about how bad it could be for Hobie, Um, because that's what Mitch needs to hear right now, I guess. (laughs) Um, and Hobie's doctor wants to shut all the beaches down, but Mitch doesn't think they should yet. Next, we get to Lane. Whoa, first, first, Mm -hmm. Mitch says, so, uh, Mitch says he called the EPA and Lane Mm -hmm. says, don't trust the government. 
They're going to ask questions, take memos, and move on. And Mitch is like, why wouldn't I trust the government? I elect them. And this is how we figure out Mitch is a shill. Yes. Yep. Uh, but maybe Mitch will learn from his mistake and try to overthrow the government later this episode. Oy. Or maybe not. Yeah, probably not. I do think that maybe uh, Mitch Buchanan is the ultimate communist icon, and I don't want you to Ooh. debate me on this. <laughs> no questions. Robert, do you agree? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you agree, that's what I I do think we need to tweet from the Baywatch account later tonight. Uh, Mitch Buchanan is the ultimate communist. I will not be explaining. Oh, yeah. Perfect. We'll do that. <laughs> Here's something else I don't want to explain. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to tell you flat out. In our next sure. scene, Lane learns that he's going to go undercover at Transacom mm-hmm. as a computer mm-hmm. technician, which yes. I know is fake since he's wearing a suit and not either a button-up shirt with too many buttons undone, nor a Ghost Rider shirt. (laughs) And what will he do if someone asks him about computers? He'll probably just talk about, I really love Avengers Endgame, and no one Mm -hmm. will get it since it's 1992. (laughs) And Star Wars wasn't even a thing yet, so how could the Avengers be? Whoa, whoa, the Avengers... (laughs) Avengers are separate from your shitty Star Wars properties. Right. Sorry, they were part of Star Trek. I always get those two confused. Yeah, they were part of Star Quest. (laughs) Star Fox. Part of Galaxy Quest. Star Fox. The sequel to Star Fox 64 (laughs) was the Avengers Endgame. (laughs) Super Smash Bros. Avengers Endgame. Yes! (laughs) Do you know they're making the Nickelodeon Super Smash Bros. game? Yeah. Of course they are. Yeah, and you can play as Patrick Star... You can play Oblina and Stimpy. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be amazing, except for yeah. they don't have the one character I want, which is the hash slinging slasher from oh. SpongeBob, because it's right there. He's got a weapon. Yeah. He, he fights you with it. Done. You don't need to, like, even model the character. You just imagine it and he wins. Great. <laughs> and where's where's Zeke the plumber from Salute Your Shorts? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. I don't. Hey, maybe that's the well, boss. Who knows? I don't think they uh, really have the budget to make a camp on Awana stage, you know? Yeah. Maybe they'll have like an assist trophy that's just the awful waffle. <laughs> Sorry, Morgan. This is where I admit a complete lack of knowledge of, of 90s Nickelodeon. <laughs> you would like Salute Your Shorts, I think. Okay. Yeah, I, I'll check it out sometime. It's classic. We can watch that after we watch Humania. <laughs> wow, I don't, I don't know. You might have to watch that before. <laughs> <laughs> we still got to watch Josh Kirby Time Master. Oh yeah, thing. So yes, we still got to do that. Um, well, I think the fastest way for us to get to watching those things is to talk about the rest of this episode. Is it? Um. <laughs> I mean, it's not slower, certainly. Um, Next up, uh, Mitch is giving Hobie some medicine, and it tastes like turpentine. And he's like, oh, shit, Hobie, that was the wrong bottle. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, Hobie wants Mitch to read him a story, so Mitch reads The Ghost in the Closet. So the sequel to The Ghost in the Shell. Pause. (laughs) 
Um, I actually did some research, and Robert, really, I would like you to read this research here that I have for you. <laughs> okay, this is the Ghost in the Closet by Rick DeTori. You can get it used for two dollars and six cents on Amazon, according to eBay. It's for kids kids age five to eight, but Hobie's eleven. Yeah, that seemed like a it, the cover. <laughs> Uh, Rick has written an odd variety of books, such as How to Survive an Italian Family, One Big Happy, Should I Spit on Him, Catholic, An Unauthorized, Unapproved Illustrated Guide, <laughs> The Official Cat Dictionary, and Sexual Trivia. What in the hell? <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. Um, well, it does make the rest of this episode a lot less adorable. <laughs> and it does make it, I mean, I, I already figured that, but the, the ages five to eight, the fact that Mitch started mid book, uh, on a story is always funny when someone does that in a show or a movie. And it seemed like he was oh, yeah. immediately improvising. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't think he actually knows how to read. Yes. Uh, that was my, <laughs> that was my assumption. Yeah. Right. Uh, I do mm-hmm. I do love all the sound effects, though, that Mitch and Hobie do while they're reading nah, it together. Nah, I thought it was nah. very cute. It's very cute. Like, the best relationship in this show is Mitch and his son. Like, that's the best part mm-hmm. of the show, I think. Uh, yeah, after all their cute sound effects together, uh, we go to Lane and Jeff in the <laughs> plant collecting evidence with Jeff. Uh, and then an alarm goes off, so Jeff goes to check out what's going on and tells Lane, hey, Lane, I'm Jeff and I got this. Um, And then it turns out that Jeff, well, he's got something else entirely, which is a plan to knock Lane out while Lane's reading through some evidence in a file cabinet. So Jeff knocks Lane out and then Lane is unconscious. Morgan Um, and Robert, mm -hmm. uh, for both of you, important question. Who is your favorite Jeff? (laughs) Uh, My favorite Jeff is the word Jeff from the Jeff Pretty uh, YouTube video. Ooh, that's a good Mm. one. Robert? I'm going to go Jeff Bridges right off the top of my head. Ooh. Oh, that's a great one. Very good. How about you, Michael? Uh, My favorite is the unofficial mascot of my middle school, Jeffrey Surzyot, which is just... (laughs) Which is just... Toys R Us spelled backwards. What? <laughs> wow. Yeah. So someone what? got a, a cardboard cutout of a giraffe and then said, I'm going to make it the, the Toys R Us giraffe, but I don't want them to steal this. So it's Sir's Yacht. Toys R Us spelled backwards. Wow. And I didn't realize that they like on the day you graduate, they tell you the secret. Uh, you don't like no, mm. and then they whisper in your ear as you graduate, Sir's Yacht is Toys R Us backwards. And you're like, what? oh! Also, you didn't graduate. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, Morgan. That's so much wilder. Like having having a unofficial school mascot whose name is Jeffrey Toys R Us spelled backwards is one thing. Sirziot whispering that Sirziot, uh, <laughs> but whispering that to you as you graduate is fucking wild. It's great. It's great because then it's like you're like, oh, this education was worth it. I never figured yeah. this out because I'm not smart enough. I'm still a dummy. I need to <laughs> educate myself more so I won't have this happen to me again. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Uh, the next scene is very cute. Uh, it 
Mitch has fallen asleep reading to Hobie, but Hobie's still awake, so he reads to Mitch a little bit, and it was extremely cute. It was. Um, but then uh, Lane is being dragged to the sketchy pipe yard. Um, you know, that thing that all industrial factories have, where they store the sketchy pipes. <laughs> hey, uh, you want to um, meet me at the sketchy pipe yard later? <laughs> I like that accent um, that you did there, because it was like half country bumpkin, half like super Italian. <laughs> there you go. And now I'm just imagining Morgan's like weird super Italian country bumpkin relatives, and I think that's what they sound like. I I would be willing to put money on that. Hey, Bongerno, you want to go meet at the uh, Sketchy Pipe Yardo? <laughs> My Nazi scouts. Hey, we're going to go meet at the Sketchy Apostle Factory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need that. It's uh, all uh, elbow macaroni. <laughs> the old Sketchy Spaghetti Factory. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit that's good <laughs> um but yeah the uh the reason why uh lane has been dragged to the old sketchy spaghetti factory is because uh jeff has set a bomb and now jeff is arming the bomb and leaving lane to look like he was the one setting the bomb not jeff um and then we cut back to hobie and mitch and hobie kitch kisses Mitch goodnight, and they snuggle up together, and it's adorable. Um, but then... This is like, like whoever Lane. whoever directed this, Cliff Bull, who directed this, is mm-hmm. the worst director of all time. Uh, because, oh, really? Because the, the fact that they keep on going, oh, look at this cute thing, it's Lane. Oh, look at this cute thing, Lane in a bomb. Cute thing, <laughs> Lane's gonna wake up and it's gonna be a bomb. I'm like, we don't. I think, not invest I think this guy here. is a master manipulator, and he's he's just whiplashing us with the with the <laughs> content and the drama. Oh, yeah. Same time. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, clearly so emotionally invested that every time we cut back, I'm like, no, don't take me away from that. I need to know what happens to yeah, the ghost think- in the book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does it ever come out of the closet or not? If, <laughs> if Poisoned Hobie kisses his dad, does he give his dad the poison? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think this cut back and forth would work better if we gave more of a shit about Lane, because it is, you know, a decent dramatic storytelling technique to be switching back and forth between, like, look at these characters who aren't in danger and especially... You know, Mitch is kind of the reason why Lane is in danger because he didn't want to go with him to meet the whistleblower. And so, you know, there's something there. But then also, I don't care about Lane. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But at this point, Lane wakes up and starts to run away. But the bomb explodes and it sets the pipes on fire and sprays chemicals everywhere. And this knocks Lane out again. (laughs) Yeah, with such a like... It's like someone getting woken up to get like blow darted. <laughs> like, yeah, right. yeah, exactly. I mean, I know he was supposed to die in the explosion, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's just too fast of a runner and he outran explosions. Mm-hmm. Well, except that he didn't. Well, he did because um, he's not dead. That's true. That's true. Yeah. 
Um, oh, sorry. That's a spoiler, back. I guess. <laughs> yeah. A spoiler for like 30 seconds from now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mitch, uh, Mitch wakes up because there's a knock on the door. And guess who it is? It's Captain Thorpe in his last ever episode as he tells Mitch what happened with the explosion and how now they're going to shut down all the beaches because there's a whole lot of chemicals. Oh, and also Lane's in a coma. Um, so Mitch goes to visit him. Um, and now we get a montage of the beach closing, and this is the song I want to talk about. Oh, boy. Um, so do you two remember the Reply All episode from 2020 about the that, like, lost song? Oh, yeah. And I've listened guy- to it today. I mean, the song, oh, not, the, really? not the episode. I've listened oh. to the song. I've heard the episode a bunch of times. I also listened to the sure. song today. Yeah. Yeah, so the song in my version is Better Times by Evan Olsen. Wait, it's the literally, same guy. It's literally that song? It's lit. Wait, it's not the same song. It's the same songwriter. Oh, shit. That's yeah. amazing. Right? Okay, you should, I, you should give some context for this for people who don't know. Yeah, um, so the the Reply All episode was basically about, um, I mean, honestly, I barely remember it. Michael, if you've listened to it a bunch of times, maybe you'd be able to give a better summary than I would. Uh, sure. So the basic summary is um, there is a guy who was um, trying to just, like, remember songs, like nostalgia songs with a, with a girlfriend. And he's like, oh, yeah, there's this song that was on the radio. And he starts, like, singing to his girlfriend. She goes, I've never heard of it before. And he goes... What? Like, I remember all the lyrics. I heard it all the time. So he starts trying to find out what the name of the song is, and he just can't find it anywhere. So he starts, like, downloading apps where you can hum or sing the tune into and identify the song. Nothing. So he starts going a little bit crazy trying to figure out what is this song. So he starts talking to multiple people, and then he eventually uh, is like, this song is nowhere at all on the internet. So he gets a group of people together to re-record the song from memory uh and he's like oh yeah i know all the beats i know what the instrument should sound like and i know all the lyrics so i'll so i'll get someone to sing it just in Mm -hmm. the hope that they can then pass that along to radio stations or record producers producers who will recognize the song and just tell them the name of the goddamn song yeah to no avail like does not work no one uh-huh. knows the song. So eventually they go to like the reply all people and they're like, I, I don't fucking know. Um, they end up finding out the song by d- looking at the last place you'd ever look, which is Facebook. Uh, they like Googled some yeah. of the lyrics wow. and found a post where the writer wrote some of the lyrics. And he's like, oh, my God, is this like your song? He goes, oh, yeah, it's my song. Uh, and so they end up talking to the guy and the guy goes, Oh, yeah, like it must have been played on the radio in like one radio station years and years ago because they would try to you know, play some undiscovered song in the hope that they would have a hit ahead of time. But they did mm-hmm. it right. So then the episode comes out and all of a sudden, like the sales go up of this song, which it's basically the song is it has U2 style guitars. The vocals he does uh, bare naked ladies like the chickadee china Chinese chicken like that kind of yep. stuff, <laughs> um, and it's a good song like it's a really good song, uh, but it's crazy that you know no one had heard of this song before, uh, and it was yeah. driving him crazy and that he remembered all of it as well. Oh yeah, 
the the songwriter I don't know if we ever said his name is Evan Olson yes. by the way um but yeah no I because I really liked the song in this episode and I was googling the lyrics and I found this song and I was like Evan Olson that name sounds so familiar to me um and yeah it was the reply all guy which is fucking wild it's crazy <laughs> now Morgan mm-hmm do you you you've you've been on a few of these episodes with me, would you say? Uh one or two. One or two. Uh does the name Vasily <laughs> ring a bell? Yes. So Vasily, as some might know, I like to frequently point out, is an instrumental artist. And here is the next problem with this episode is Vasily makes a song with vocals in it, and I refuse oh, to acknowledge no. this. Yeah. Um you know, so, uh, Robert, would you please read these vocals <laughs> from Satan? Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> I, don't, I, have, I don't even remember the. I don't remember this at all. Um, where do all the good people go? Is it heaven or is it hell? Will we ever know? The things we do not understand, because I got to know. <laughs> If this is how it's supposed to end. Is this how it's supposed to end? I can see oh. the fire in your heart burning with desire, just with one spark. I can see the fire. I can see the fire in your heart burning with desire, burning with desire, with just one spark. I can see the fire in your heart burning with desire, just with one spark. I can see the fire in your heart burning with desire. <laughs> Drop the mic. How would you rate those lyrics out of ten? Uh, no wait, no wait, no wait, no wait, no, no, no. Before you answer that, on a scale of one to ten, <laughs> where ten is the oh no, I have to say this bit for later. Okay, yeah, do, do, just tell me what you're rating. Yeah, just, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say one. That that those are bad. Oh yeah. how dare you insult Vasily like that? He's Vasily. <laughs> I, I, say, I say strict stick to the instrumentals, Vasily. Ah, Vasily's lawyers are gonna have a talk with you <laughs> for for libel <laughs> or something. I don't know. That's a that's a very Vasily assertion, Michael. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah! Uh, I hate you. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> Um, next up, after our beach closing montage, uh, Shawnee is fielding calls about the beaches being closed, and Mitch, Ben, and Thorpe are arguing about if Lane meant to blow up the pipes or not, or if it was a setup, and, uh, Thorpe says the only line that I bothered to write down in this episode, which was, Lane was trained in the Navy to use explosives, <laughs> um, and I just really enjoyed his, like, pseudo-iambic pentameter on it. <laughs> Um, and then Shawnee comes in and says, the chemical we found on everyone was a pesticide that was made illegal 15 years ago. Dun, dun, dun. And then Lane wakes up from a coma. This episode is so stupid. Okay. <laughs> it's so stupid. This is, um, part of, this is part of the episode where I had to stop. And I was like, I'll get back to the, <laughs> I'll get back to this later. Like, I got days. I got days to watch this. I can come back to this. So I tried going back to this. <laughs> and I was like, I ain't coming back to this. And then it was, oh, shit, I need to get back to this. <laughs> but at this point, Shawnee and Mitch go to the hospital and are told by the receptionist that his priest is in there with them, with Lane. And Lane 
the receptionist, uh, Mitch and Shawnee, rather, say, but Lane's not even Catholic. (laughs) It is such a great line. (laughs) Like, I'm upset that I didn't come back to this right away because that's the best line ever in history. It's amazing. Right? It's just so good. Yeah. Um, But yeah, once they get in there, uh, that's no priest. That's Jeff. And he's trying to smother Lane uh, with a pillow. And so Mitch and Jeff fight, and Mitch, of course, wins. And thankfully, they got there in time, and Lane is alive, and he mumbles some stuff about Playa del Sol. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We got a few things to cover here. We got a few, okay. things, a few things to cover. Sure. First, uh, Morgan and Robert. On a scale of 1 to 10, where 10 is the fight scene from a bar, from the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, <laughs> where would you rate <laughs> This fight scene. So wait, ten is the uh, ten is the Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog ten is bar the fight. Sonic the Hedgehog bar okay. fight scene. You have you seen okay. Sonic the Hedgehog the movie? This isn't nearly as good. I'm gonna give it a hmm a six. Wait you wait you've seen the movie? Oh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Oh my god, someone else besides me has seen it. <laughs> now, everyone I asked this to has not seen it, so they're just like, I don't know, I'm just going to imagine what this scene is like. And I'm like, it's the greatest fight scene of all time, duh. Yeah, Sonic running around, screwing with people at a bar. Sometimes it seems like he can stop time, other times he's not fast enough to outrun a normal yes! thing. Yes, yes. You see, Morgan, you need to watch this. Or not. So you're going to give it a now, six. As the... Uh, you know, resident Sonic expert on this podcast, sure. having seen uh, the bar fight scene uh, the most important number of times, which is to say zero. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I got to give this like a two. Uh, I just I wanted so many more drink glasses to get thrown around. Uh-huh. You know, there's not a single uh guy in a cowboy hat in the corner who says, ooh, what in tarnation is this hedgehog doing? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So it's just not nearly as good as the Sonic movie. Yeah, I mean, that's, that. yeah, I mean, this episode is actually not as good as the Sonic movie. That's, that's <laughs> accurate. <laughs> um, but next up, uh, Mitch and Shawnee are on the case. They're being detectives. Uh, and Lane said Playa del Sol oh, wait, 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 and wait, also wait, a bunch wait, of wait, numbers. Wait, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. Shawnee mm-hmm. asks, I wonder what Playa del Sol means. Now, yes, I have decided to pull my wrestling Discord channel and ask, what do you think Playa del Sol means? Um, <laughs> and they unanimously responded that it means pliers for the soul. So that's it. That's what it means. Nothing pliers for the soul. Good to me. Yeah, sounds accurate. Even though I know some Mm -hmm. Spanish, I'm sure that's accurate. (laughs) And even though hundred percent, even though there's at least four people from Mexico in that Discord, I believe them. (laughs) I think that's the smart idea. That is the smart idea. Yes. But yeah, Shawnee is just real sick of all these corporations being able to get away (laughs) with all their crimes. Yeah, tell them, Baywatch. Um. (laughs) You and Cool Cat are the only ones fighting against crime. (laughs) Um, 
So after some initial reluctance to go along with Mitch's plan, she decides, fuck it. I'm not letting these corporations get away with anything else, man. Question. Uh, Do you think Shawnee improves in this episode if you put her in a cool cat outfit? Uh, I think that everyone in every episode of Baywatch improves if they're in a cool cat outfit. Like, if you just imagine Shawnee going, ooh, I'm so sick and tired of <laughs> companies like Transicon dumping their crap in my water. Ooh, it just gets me all riled up. Uh, does that improve the episode by at least five points? I say yes. Oh, God, yes. Absolutely. Uh, I watched the first uh, 20 minutes of Cool Cat Saves the Kid with my partner the other night, Wednesday. Yeah. And uh, it, we did start it at midnight, so we didn't get to finish it. But God, I love that but movie. Have you so watched much. the coronavirus one yet? I haven't yet. It's on YouTube. It's like twenty minutes. I know. I'll I'll watch it soon. It's I really so much it. worse. Oh yes, it's the worst yes. thing I've ever seen, and I love oh, it. Thank God. It's 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 like how does someone actually get their shit together enough to make something that bad that is my question wow yeah robert robert have you ever seen cool cat i do i do not believe so i'm scared that's what that's what we're gonna do for a movie night we're gonna watch cool cat saves yes wow and maybe maybe an appetizer or a I guess a digestivo of uh cool cat fights coronavirus stops coronavirus no, no, yes. fights coronavirus, coronavirus because the Sorry. sequel that they that they show at the end of the movie is the main villain, Dirty Dog, um, goes, oh, <laughs> I don't like that cool cat. I'm going to start a school shooting. So then cool oh, cat goes, no. I got to oh, no. stop a school shooting. <laughs> oh, no. This is oh, so Daddy bad. Derek, why? Yes, it's so... <laughs> I told you, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. Oh, God. All right, well, now we really need to wrap up this recording because I want to go watch this. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You're going to... Oh, and that's, why you, that's how you get the rap, the dirty dog coronavirus. Oh, Actually, yes. Uh, cool Cat does a rap with two six-year-old girls about coronavirus. Of course. Um, and... If there is a way to, like, be, um, like, you know, Infinity Plus white, that is cool, mm-hmm. Cat, because it's actually Derek Savage trying to rap. Oh, God. Yeah. Anyways. Oh, that sounds so good. It's so good. Anyways, we got to get back to this mm-hmm. worse yes, piece we of do. media. <laughs> um. What happens next is that uh, Mitch and Shawnee do a very long heist into Transicon um, and they get to the same records room that Lane was in and find the evidence. um, And then a guard notices them and they get held hostage. Um, So they tell the head honcho and the guard everything they know immediately right off the bat, which felt like a very stupid plan. (laughs) Yeah. Um. But thankfully, Shawnee pulls the fire alarm, and this is enough for the theoretically well-trained guard to completely lose any sense of how to be a guard (laughs) and just uh, stand there while Mitch punches a gun out of his hand. They should have Um, like they should have like held a second longer and he should have been like, fire, fire. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, But then. Once Mitch is done disarming the guard, the two of them start to run off while some really dope pop punk plays. Oh, um, so 
Um, for this scene, I'm going to need all of your help. Oh, uh, boy, Michael. Oh, okay. So first, let's let's set this up. Yes. Um, yeah, everybody's like trying to run away. And uh-huh. there's a whole lot of antics. Uh, in our version, we get a song called Too Late by Shane Colin Henry, a man with three first names. And also, this is written by him and Maggie Shea McClure, someone so obscure that I Googled her and Google told me it looks like there aren't many great matches for your search. Um, wow. Now, this song is kind of epic, and I'm sure pop punk doesn't necessarily feel like pop punk feels much more exciting to me than what we got. Uh, but I can't imagine a pop punk song being long enough for this scene. Uh, right. Because this is a long scene. It's so long. Um, now, for this. I'm going to need all of us to take some roles uh, for this. So, Robert, you're going to do the you're going to do the lyrics. Uh, I will take um, uh, I, I will take random uh, machines. Um, noises. <laughs> and such. Wow. Um, I will also take man number two. And Morgan, I will need you to take man number one. Can we do that? All right. OK. Everybody know their parts. Great. Yes. Okay, let's do it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, wait, so I am skipping any of the man parts. Okay. You're skipping the man um, parts and the noises. Okay. Okay, so am I man on radio as well as man? Yes. Actually, okay. Morgan, do you oh. want to do the, the, the noises? Uh, I don't. I don't care. You should do the noises. I'll be man number two. Uh, I'll be man number two. Robert, you will be the lyrics. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm all right. <laughs> you got this. This ain't that hard. <laughs> it's just like when you see it all, it's like it's like getting the script shoved in it's front of you lot. right before you go on SNL. Yes. I, I, told, um, <laughs> I told you there was going to be roles. It's like Shenmue. This is the Shenmue of, ba- yeah. of podcasts. Really? Yeah. All right. Here. Here we go. Um, things haven't been right for such a long time. We've both been too blind to see. Time's pulled us away from the life we made. Pew! (laughs) Now it's too late to be anything but broken. Pieces scattered all around. Wave Riders heading for your position? Got him. Time, we got our separate ways now. Don't let them out of the channel. I repeat, don't let them out of the channel. Roger. You like it this way, and I want it that way. We're opposites through and through. (laughs) Now that I've taken the time to read between the lines, there's nothing left to do. We're nothing but broken pieces scattered all around. And it's time to go our separate ways now. We are just broken pieces scattered on the ground. You know it's time we go our separate ways now. You know it's time we go our separate ways now. 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 Wow. Wow. I think that is probably the most ambitious crossover event of all time. Is it normally, are there normally four four songs in an episode? Nope. Nope. (laughs) Never. Nope. Usually there's not (laughs) songs over a non-montage either. I was stunned. Mm -hmm. I was stunned. I was like, this cannot be the fourth song now. 
I thought there were a lot oh, yeah. last episode, and there were like three songs. But no, they have four songs. And they have the gall to be like non montage. <laughs> I think the later seasons of Baywatch are just like it's like Beavis and Butthead. It's just Shawnee and Mitch sitting on a couch, and they're just watching full on music videos. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Honestly, that'd be right? really good. Well, sorry to get your hopes um, up. I lied. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Shawnee doesn't stay with us long enough for us to realize that that'd be a great idea. Unfortunately. Oh, um, but yeah, this this song is over uh, Mitch and Shawnee escaping on some wave runners. Uh, and keep in mind, these wave runners aren't from the headquarters and well, we don't know going that. to be. We don't know that. Important, I guess, later. Yeah, it's, um, it's super important. Just like religion oh, is important in this episode. <laughs> exactly. I'm I, yes. Um, but uh, some of the henchmen from Transicon give chase on a boat and and then Shawnee falls off and Mitch rescues her. And the color balance in this is so bad that it's almost impossible <laughs> to see what the fuck is going on. This whole um, scene, this whole scene is trash because it's like it's, it's supposed really to bad. look cool because it's like, oh, man, look at all these shots. And they're like right into this thing and that thing. But none of it matters. And you can't tell who is who because they're all wearing black helmets. And you're like, whose black helmet is that? Is that the bad yeah. guy black helmet or the good guy black helmet? And it's all mm-hmm. dark. So you can't even tell what their outfit colors are. So it's just all the same person. Yes. And on at least my version, it was very low resolution. So it was just a bunch of blurry black shapes moving through the water. No, that's how they shoot <laughs> they watch. They shoot it, they shoot it <laughs> yeah. in like 140p. That's it, it's, <laughs> it's supposed to be the style of the times. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, eventually uh, Mitch and Shawnee make it out onto uh, the land and have escaped from their cap from their chasers because the boat can't go on land but they can beach the wave runners and run away um and now it's time for lame to come visit hq and everyone is very happy to see him uh and we learn that the head of transicon has been indicted uh and also the wave runners were ben's and Everyone is shocked by this, and I was very confused. Do either of you know why this was a thing that mattered? No. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm Robert? glad I didn't just miss something. I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't remember that that was the that had any significance cool. personally. But I think they should have instead asked him, like, "Yo, Mitch, uh, what happened to your whole morality?" Yeah. Right. Um. So. Brief uh, Morgan's confession corner here. I watched the first half of this episode about three weeks ago by accident because I thought it was the episode we were recording at the time. And then I watched the second half of the episode today. So I did think there was a strong chance that I had just missed something earlier in the episode (laughs) that implied that Ben uh, was scared of wave runners. And so it would be weird for him to have any. No, the, Um, the reason why is that Ben is supposed to hate him. Yeah, the hate lane. So it's ah. like, oh, you gave up Wave Runners. You actually want him to live, and it's like, yeah, because you worked with him for ten years. Apparently, like if you hated him, you wouldn't have like, I, I, I don't know. You, yeah, you would have gone to the you would have gone to the Alaskan prison right. and killed him while he was in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, the igloo prison. Yeah. yeah. Um. But now it's time for our final scene, 
which is that Mitch and Hobie are going surfing. Can, we, uh, can, I, can, I, is, can I describe this scene, please? Because I love. Oh this. yes, be my guest. Uh, because they're going to go surfing, uh, and Hobie asks Mitch the most based question of all time, uh, which is, "Dad, did you have to worry about pollution when you were a kid?" And Mitch responds, "No." Maybe that's why it's such a big problem today, you know? And I thought, yeah. Whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, like, on, Hobie, I personally dumped so many chemicals in this ocean. I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> that's how you were born, right? Like, I dumped a bunch of chemicals in the ocean and you just appeared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the story of Aphrodite. You know, a bunch of stuff was dumped in. Aphrodite came out of a giant clamshell, and it was the most beautiful person anyone has ever seen. While Hobie, it's like they t- Hobie was like a clutch of eggs on a on one of those red floaties they carry around. <laughs> it was one of the like also like one of the, like the red cheese with the cheese with like the plastic red stuff Bay around. Bells? Yeah, they just dump that in. And then you're like, looks like he got maybe a, a kid. I don't know. It's kind of kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's how they got Hobie one. And mm. so one of my favorite things about this uh, episode is like the clear lack of stakes here, because it's like, no, oh, yeah. nobody seems really that worried for Hobie. And I think the reason is, is because Mitch is like, don't worry, I got a backup. Hobie. <laughs> <laughs> This one kicks yeah, the bucket. I got Hobie in my vat. Yeah, I got a, I got another one. I got Hobie one. I got yeah. I got Brandon McCall just waiting to uh, to come up there and start angrily hitting on women and getting dogs or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. And being blonde. I got him. So <laughs> I don't care. Fuck this kid. And then he survives. Yeah. He's like, oh, shit, I got to keep this one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's the episode. So with that in mind, on a scale of one to 10, where one is ruining your food so bad that the smoke alarm goes off, which I've learned is a trait that they never get rid of throughout this series. Really? Great. Yeah. Uh, but also they, they keep that and that Mitch always ruins meat. Oh, all right. And that's such a weird trait. You got to give your character character. And a 10 Mm -hmm. is getting your boy toy, David Hasselhoff, to talk to you about Wuthering Heights. Robert, Mm -hmm. where would you rate this episode? Hmm. I'm trying to think. I I have a feeling y'all might go lower, but um, I don't know. I feel like this one's like pretty middle of the road for me. Um, It had its moments. Uh... I'm going to I'm going to go right down the middle. I think I'm going to give this a five. All right. Morgan, what about you? Uh, What would you what would you say a five is, Robert? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, as far as uh, on like the scale of uh, of Hasselhoff, uh, of Mitch. On a scale of anything. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, all arbitrary, goofy bullshit. Five, five, five for me is Hasselhoff eating <laughs> that burger drunk off the floor, but he got one for me, too. Ooh, Ooh. hell yeah. <laughs> that's like a 10. I don't know why you think that's a five. I, because, like, he's on the floor, he's really sick and, like, it. he can't he's not really keeping up conversation and stuff. This this is my five. I don't know what to tell you. Ten, yeah. ten would be more closer to Berlin Wall coming down with him on the, in the light-up jacket. <laughs> That's fair. That is a great moment. And he also has it a is. burger in hand. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, 
So, Michael, I'm curious to hear what your rating is. Well, before I tell you what my rating is, why don't I tell you Sandcrab722's rating, which he yes, says is please. called Brainwashing Galore, is the title of oh, his review. Okay. Uh, he gives it a 10 out of 10 and says, Without Eddie around to keep them grounded, Mitch and Shawnee lose their minds and join the eco-terrorists. Hobie has a tummy ache, and somebody's Aww. trying to off the troublesome ex-lifeguard friend of the week. 10 out of 10. Counter to that is Bombers Fly Up, who gives it a 1 out of 10, and then just shits <laughs> on it. Um, <laughs> my rating would be a 2 out of 10. Uh, wow. I did not enjoy this episode. It was rough. Like, I had a lot of trouble focusing on this and being like oh my god like i was like i need to do this because i really want to talk to robert about this episode because i love talking to robert <laughs> but i don't love this show right now um especially after last week where last week's episode had these like cool scenes that i really enjoyed uh with a bunch of wacky shit this is like some wacky shit and a lot of really boring shit um mm-hmm and also, I thought it was very ham-fisted and uh, didn't go far enough with its message. Uh, so, a 2 out of 10, I would say, is... Hmm. I, got, I Shit, I didn't think of something ahead of time. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, come on, brain. I mean, that's, got, that's like on. Hasselhoff, but he didn't get you an extra burger. You just have to sit on the floor and just watch with them. <laughs> No, that's like a nine out of ten for me. Wow, I do that that's that that ain't a two out of ten. I want. I would love to be in the presence of the Hasselhoff. Is two something to do with like you would be you fell and got the rash in the river? Ooh, ooh. No, that's like a six because then people, oh my god, I get to call out for my mommy. I get to call out for my mommy, and all boys want yeah. to call out for their mommy. That's true. That's true. Sick. And have have the Hoff uh, read you ghost in the closet. Well, and also I get Lane to take off my clothes. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the man's hot. Yeah, that's like an eleven out of ten. Yeah, yeah. I feel like maybe a two is the experience I'm having right now of watching Neon Genesis Evangelion, um, which I am not enjoying, um, and. There's going to be a lot of weebs who do not listen to this podcast who will never <laughs> know that I had this opinion, but will be very upset with me um, because it's supposed to be a classic. And I'm like, this show just is too fucked up for me. I don't. This is like beyond fucked up. And I don't I don't. It is want fucked it. up. I, I, I'm one of the I came to it recently only when it came to Netflix. So I'm a recent I'm a recent oh, watcher, same. too. And. I enjoyed it, and I have uh, the the movies and follow ups to finish, but uh, it is it is messed up. Yeah, it's extremely yeah. messed up, and it's also a problem because I've also started trying to read Berserk, uh, which is more fucked up. Um, yeah, probably I have. I'll go on record saying the most fucked up thing I've ever seen in my entire life or read. Holy shit! Um, it's so fucked up. It's really good, but it's also super insanely fucked up. Uh, worse than like Junji like a, Ito? No, no. Well, th- it's like Junji Ito. Fuck. Wow. It's not. It's like what if Junji Ito was like? What if I described the folly of man? Um, <laughs> uh, so it's way more fucked up. Just like okay, so. Two is like you watching Evangelion right now. 
<laughs> yeah, but but a ten would be me reading Berserk. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Now, Morgan, on a scale of Neon Genesis Evangelion to Berserk, where would you rate this? Uh, so I actually I think I'm going to probably surprise both of it's you. It's going to be a ten. No, it's not a ten. Uh, but I am going to give it a seven. I genuinely wow. really enjoyed this episode. I, I don't know. You. Yeah, it was a little hammy. Yeah, it was kind of over the top. And yeah, the environmental message was, you know, uh, I mean, I appreciate that they tried, even if it ended up being very big, like centrist energy. <laughs> um, but I just I thought it was a fun heist. I enjoyed it. I liked Lane. He's very attractive. Um, yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was you know, an episode. And the, the the moment I liked, too, was like earlier, they're like they wouldn't blow up or uh, what's his face? It's like they wouldn't blow up their own facility. You wouldn't blow you know, up anything. the police man and then yeah. deliver <laughs> to his wife. But and, but and then it's like, oh, they had this chemical leaching out of the ground. So the explosion was the cover for the shit that was going to come up. Someone was going to discover right. already. I I liked that it was like not just like these guys are polluting straight up, but also like. Yes, they will use subterfuge and try and trick people into thinking that someone else released all this when they were behind it all. I, I like that about it. Yeah, I agree. I think it was better written than what we've seen in a while. I liked this episode. Uh, better written than what we've seen in a while? Oh, I also yeah. think like no sec- little, little sexism and racism goes a long way in an app for me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. Okay. That too. Shh. Um, oh, oh, OK, but, I don't yeah, know. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to describe a seven as uh, the experience of um, you almost get smothered by a kind of hot priest, but <laughs> it's all consensual and uh, he stops just in time, if you know what I mean. Morgan, what wow. I'm realizing is that <laughs> as we go through this show, our opinions are going to be so vastly different at, at a point. Where the hornier yes. this show gets, the higher ratings you're going to give it and the lower ratings I'm going to give it. Where I'm like, but this episode wasn't even horny. Hush, hush. <laughs> this puritanical podcast has mm-hmm. no place for this smut, this absolute <laughs> smut that this show gives me. I know. How dare you have water in this show, the sexiest of elements. <laughs> Unlike fire, a real unsexy element. Uh, yeah, nothing we, sexy about fire. We've seen a lot of fire in this show, so I mean, whatever. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm taken aback. You gave it a set. It's just like the Gilligan's Island good. episode all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, did you get a chance to watch the Gilligan's Island episode? Uh, I didn't watch it yet, but I was planning on doing that. Do you like Gilligan's Island? Uh, I've seen episodes of it. I wouldn't say I like it. I I, I understand the, gonna the charm it. of it. You're going to hate it. You're going to hate it. You're absolutely going to hate it. It's telling you right now. I probably right now. saw it on one of my early run throughs of it. I just don't remember it as well. But it was pretty much just Gilligan's Island, right? You should, exactly. You should text me after you watch it and just give me a one out of ten rating on a, you know, a scale of one. One out of ten coconut <laughs> ratings. <laughs> Here on this 
this podcast about where two men who we're are two men. Yeah. <laughs> I had to get the joke. Once <laughs> yeah, we haven't talked about the love sync in a couple episodes. We so. haven't talked about the love. You know, it's because I've been trying to phase it out of the podcast so we can, you know, have new jokes mm. come season three. True. Um, True. And like, I, I, I know some things are going to happen season three and I'm sure we'll have some great new jokes. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I just feel like, as as our ratings, you know, kind of go opposite ways and you become a, a horny monster, and I become, <laughs> you know, a repressed, uh, like, Puritan, uh, we can't have these love sync jokes anymore because it just doesn't match with my personal True. beliefs. Yeah, I know. It's going to be it's going to be a damn shame is what it's going to be. I don't even um, like it that you said damn. That that word is, is an affront to God. <laughs> it's a fucking you know affront to God. <laughs> you know what I think, Michael? I think you should tackle, tell us about the next episode. I should tackle it, yes. Uh, yes. Our next episode is the second to last... Yeah, it's the second to last episode of the season. Wow. wow. It's called Game of Chance. Ooh. Ooh. Um, and the Baywatch dis- wiki description is Harvey and Mitch pursuing captured a disgruntled, gla- uh, ugh, disgruntled gambler turned high seas pirate. Meanwhile, Eddie struggles with the disapproval of Shawnee's family. While Eddie is walking away from Shawnee's older sister's Kim's engagement party, Kim gets her hand stuck in a pool pump. And luckily, Eddie <laughs> saves her. Um, you know, that definitely not Pornhub plot right there. Um, no. Absolutely not. Uh, step, step pool pump, what are you doing? <laughs> no, don't you? You're, you're, you're mixing the genres now. You can't make this that genre of porn. Like, it's the wrong genre. Eh, I think they're all that genre now. At well, least in my experience. <laughs> I, we can't follow up on this joke. Uh, we can't. We can't. Uh, <laughs> IMDb description. Harvey mm-hmm. and Mitch go to play poker on an offshore yacht, which has happened multiple times on this show. Yeah. How, how often, Robert, how often do you go to offshore yachts to play poker? <laughs> I, if I wasn't recording tonight, I'd be there right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, also question for both of you do you either of you have a poker face uh Uh, my 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 poker face no i don't morgan i don't i have a terrible poker face (laughs) okay so what you're saying is that when you were going to your yacht to play poker you were going to lose Mm -hmm. good yeah i just want that on record (laughs) uh you know not so like you know i can tell the government or anything um anyways uh, Harvey and Mitch go to play poker on an offshore yacht where they are robbed by a masked man. Oh, that's the important thing. Uh, before next episode, we need to... This is very, very important. In this okay. episode, Hobie has a Freddy mask um, yes. on his bookshelf. Remember that for next episode. Wink, wink. Okay. Um, wow. uh, they are robbed by a masked man that drives an amphibious jeep. Remember when I talked about that earlier? Ooh. Uh, determined to get their money it's not a two-parter I lied uh, all these episodes bleed <laughs> together determined to get their money back Harvey and Mitch launch their own investigation which takes them to a shady inventor of a waterland jeep that may have been involved Ooh. meanwhile 
Shawnee invites Eddie over for dinner at her parents' house in Beverly Hills, where her snobbish father strongly disapproves of her dating Eddie. Then Eddie eventually proves himself when he saves Shawnee's older sister, Kim, from drowning in their swimming pool during her engagement party. But despite this, this goes on forever, Shawnee's father surprisingly still disapproves of Eddie, making Shawnee move out of her parents' house and in with Eddie at his boat in the marina, which she's already moved into, according to the last two episodes. Um, Also, uh, just so you know, this is never brought up ever again. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds about right for Baywatch. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, because as we know, Baywatch is just a show all about um, long-term storytelling. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it sounds uh, sounds like we're in for uh, quite the treat next episode. And it is and our I last you, episode of Guest Month. Guess. Yeah, it's our awesome. last, last episode of Guest Month on Baywatch. And Rookie speaking... School. Wow. Speaking of guests, Robert, thank you so much for coming back on. Thank this was you. a delight thank you, to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. It's always it's always a pleasure. I love it. Yeah. Uh, before uh before we get into the outro, anything you want to plug? Oh, I've got uh my podcast Gentleman Overlords that I do with uh my buddies Man uh Max and Andrew and we talk about movies and television shows and whatnot. Uh we're about to do our space fan uh, Space Jam, uh, new legacy episode. Uh, as of this record, at least. Um, Robert, uh, I have I a, a video later to send to you about the true Space Jam two. Wow, it's like oh, a thirty-five uh, right. minute video, but you need to can't wait, wait to watch. <laughs> it's, um, it's like the most unsurprising sentence I've ever said is, "This is a thirty-five yes. <laughs> minute video, but you need to watch it." About um, Space Jam: New Legacy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and you can you can check that out wherever wherever you get podcasts. And then I uh, mm-hmm. I associate produce the Doughboys podcast, and uh, that is also a big popular podcast. You probably know about it. And um, doing segments and fun stuff for that one. Just did a segment for Chris, uh, Chris Gethard was on, and I did uh, Ooh I'm Full Anonymous instead of Beautiful Anonymous uh, was my segment. <laughs> Uh, very embarrassing, but I nice. think it was a fun segment. Um, but so ch- yeah, check that out. I'm you'll see some of my work in there. Awesome. Well, we're we're delighted that we could have a uh, have a big name on the on royalty. The oh, for sure. <laughs> the drop king, our own royalty. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I I guess all that's left to say is thank you all so much for joining us on this episode of Baywatch Rookie School. If you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I'm at Morgan P. Thrapp. I'm at Snotsnit, S-N-O-T-S-N-I-T. Robert, do you have a Twitter you'd like to plug or? Oh, I think I'm, uh, I think I'm, uh, oh boy, Slop underscore King or King underscore Slop. I I, I barely use my personal Twitter. (laughs) Let's, Let's find out. Let's find out. (laughs) <laughs> You'll find me on there. I really don't. I really don't tweet very often. My my it's, life. It's uh, King underscore slop. King underscore slop. Right. I, I almost exclusively just put out kind of my shows stuff and stuff like that. So it's a good way to follow you. Nice. And, and, yeah. and what you're in. Look for the burger icon. You can't miss it. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, thank you all so much. And we'll see you all next week. And uh, just remember hips, lips. And fingertips. Support communism. Mm Mm-hmm. Bye.